you're listening to the LPs in a podcast. In today's review, we're going to be speaking about our love of Rush, our experience in going to see the film in the cinema, but also we're going to be doing the review itself. If you'd rather just hear our review, please skip to the 13 minute mark and enjoy. Thank you for listening. Hello. My name Hello. is Val. Oh, fuck. I fucked it up. <laughs> My name's Eddie. <laughs> My name is Val. Your name is Val. Okay, let's keep this. Uh, you're listening to the LPs in a podcast. Uh, what were we reviewing today, Eddie? Today, we're going to be reviewing the film, the Rush Cinema Concert. Cinema. Strangiato. Strangiato, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can we have English names for English speaking films? Oh, it's because it's British, mate. It's British. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. French, French Canadian. French Canadian. There you go. Uh, today we're going to be reviewing our first ever concert video review for Cinema Strangiato, the director's cuts. Um, if you guys don't know what this is, essentially Rush, who are our favourite bands, clearly. Rash. <laughs> um, this is our favourite band. I think it's very safe to say that um, it's our favourite oh, band. Um, Cinema Strangiato was released in 2019. However, very recently, on September the 9th, 2001, Rush released the director's cut for a one-day-only screening worldwide. Um, I saw this in the Duke of York Picture House in Brighton. Fantastic independent cinema. Uh, where did you see it, dude? I saw it in the Sherham Cinema in sheffield south yorkshire another great independent cinema that's been around for a long time uh and definitely a good place for independent cinema and unusual things like these kind of concert films certainly uh, i've been to the show before obviously we both grew up in sheffield um obviously we, we couldn't be together for this one unfortunately uh but um shout out to the duke of york picture house in brighton and to the showroom cinema in sheffield as well um both are fantastic independent cinemas if you want to see independent film in good screenings and good settings as well um certainly must there's certainly places that you must go to but for independent cinema um let's jump into it um I'm going to say immediately, this gets 10 peas out of a pod for me. Uh, this is a 10 out of 10 concert film with interviews. Um, yeah, what what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I'm I definitely glad I went to go see it. Um, my cinema experience was good, not brilliant. Uh, there was certain kind of... Um, guitar notes very early on in in the in the screening that felt a little bit off but other than that it it was a great concert in what way it does there's something kind of um in the higher range of uh alex's playing just didn't sound right and i wasn't quite sure i couldn't i could not pinpoint it but that was only very early on you, you kind of get used to it as the as the um the songs kept going but um is that more to do with the cinema or the actual film though because i, I didn't definitely get that i definitely mind. i definitely think the cinema every setup is different for east in different screenings so i imagine people have different experiences especially like you know how important sound is for these kind of uh events 
Yeah, sure. I mean, I mean yeah, of course, that's going to be the case of different cinemas. Um, for me, um, on the night, I was finishing up from work. And then um, I was like, right, I'm going to go and do my Rush thing now. Because she, she kind of likes Rush. Like, it's it's the whole girls liking Rush thing. I was like, look, I, I'm going to go do my Rush thing now. I'm going to go hang out with a bunch of guys that are my age or older. And I'm just going to go and watch this thing. It, it's, we never, obviously, we never got to see the R40 tour in Europe um for um, for reasons we'll come on to shortly but um i got there i was wearing my my snakes and arrows uh fucking uh tour t-shirt got drinking and chatting with a few guys um although i must say there there were a few girls there as well (laughs) so that count of 49 upwards which we'll come on to in a bit it it makes a little more sense um and it was cool it felt it felt like i was going to see the next best thing to a rush gig um i think it's also worth mentioning as well that um and it's actually i should say first of all there are spoilers ahead so if you haven't seen this yet and you don't want to get any spoilers you know maybe watch it soon um but no rush (laughs) fucking hell that was bad (laughs) um but um it's the, the the film opens up with the screen with the picture of Neil Peart and it says Neil Peart Neil Elwood Peart and gives his birthday birth year and death year. What was surprising to me is that there was a guy sat a few seats away from me, which I'll I'll come on to this guy in a second. But when it came up, he stood up and he started clapping. Um, and anyone who knows that I play drums knows that Neil Peart is is my all time favorite drummer. Um, the whole cinema stood up and started clapping. I don't know if that happened for you, but um, it, it didn't. Was just, no, it was just this moment of respect for this guy. Um, obviously, for for those of you who don't know, Neil Neil Peart died. It was last year, if I remember rightly. Um, and it was just yeah, it was this weird but strangely awe inspiring mo- moment of. Just people just paying respect to this guy. Um, how was it for you though? I, I I never I never asked after. It was great, yeah. It, it, seeing big gangs of uh, people in rush shirts and uh, it felt queuing outside felt like queuing outside the arena. A very smaller like feeling of it, but it, it yeah, dev gave me feelings back of uh, the time machine tour in Clockwork Angels and kind of like. Uh, it was a bittersweet feeling. Kind of, I wish I could have it been a another experience again. But yeah, like you said, it's a, the next best thing, yeah. or that well, that we can actually get. So you went um, with um your your girlfriend Emily, like uh, yeah, um, I went with Emily. How, how did she find it as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's been slowly being uh, introduced to Rush, uh, and I've got a lot of the albums. So she's been uh, she's becoming a fan. She's. She's also listening to bands like Marilyn and uh Yes. So she's 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 going deeper into the prog hemisphere than I thought she would, so I'm very proud of her. Did I ever tell you that um Yes followed me on Twitter? No, you didn't tell me that. <laughs> you know what? It was I can't remember how many how many years ago, but randomly I got a Twitter notification and it says Yes Official is started following you. And I was like 
why the fuck are these guys following me? Because I, I, I'm nobody. <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, it's still to this day, from from what I, I could tell. I, I actually looked at this before we, we started recording, but um, apparently Yes Official follows me on Twitter, and I don't know why. Nice. Because <laughs> I... I know yeah, I, I know of yes and I like their stuff but I've never deep dived into them and yeah but they, they they follow me for some reason I don't know why <laughs> so if if anyone from yes can can answer that question please tell me uh, yeah I'm I'm a kind of casual yes fan I lose a lot of people when I tell them that Union's my favorite album because a lot of people hate that album <laughs> But I you like ever, it. You ever get that feeling though, where it's like often the band's worst album is the one you that you like and nobody else does. Um, I suppose so. I, I, I uh, Roll the Bones got me into Rush because you were constantly showing me um, Snakes and Arrows. Cause well, because it, it came out the year before. That that's because I, I mean I got into I got into Rush because uh, a family member of mine showed me. So I so I started getting into drums at like thirteen, and a family member of mine showed me. Uh, well, basically said, "Look, if you if you want to know a good drummer, watch this guy." Uh, and it was it was a tour footage from R thirty in Russian Rio. Um, I might have just mixed up a few things, but it was Russian Rio that um I, I saw for the first time, and it was Neil Peart's drum solo from Russian Rio. Um, and I remember watching, yeah, of course. And I remember watching that footage. It's like a nine-minute drum solo. And I remember looking at that guy, thinking, "That's what I want to fuck. I I need to do that. I need to fucking. I, that's what I want to be. That's what I want to do." Uh, and 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 that's why Neil Peart is again is is God to me because I I saw that as a thirteen-year-old and went, "Ooh, that's what I want to do." And that's what really got me into learning drums. And um, and every solo he's done since has spurred that on. Um, but I forgot what the question was or where we were going with it. <laughs> it's, oh, it's how we started. Uh, I yeah, you, you oh yeah, yeah, you, you yeah, constantly yeah. recommend so you, snakes and arrows. Yeah, so you, yeah, so I recommend snakes and arrows because the first rush gig I ever went to was their two thousand and seven snakes and arrows tour. And the album had come out um, that year. That, that was that, yeah. And that was that was an entry to Rush for me, aside from watching previous tours. So yeah, I, I think I think I think I recommended that to you, and I think that's how you got into. Yeah, and I, I liked the stuff, but uh, it wasn't until I started watching the Roll the Bones music video, and there's something about that song. It just it just clicked, and it was like I love this group, like the groove. The tongue-in-cheek attitude, um, the I know it's just a charming, like, pop song, and it, it I love it. It works so well. That's funny because I I never really got into that album until you got into them, and then you you started talking about Roller Bones. Uh, I think it's because I probably went in with more later stuff, and then Moving Pictures and Permanent Waves, and even Twenty One Twelve. Like, uh, but but you were like, oh, I love this album, Roller Bones, and I think I remember thinking really i'm not really into that but it got me into it with you think with you getting yeah. into it as well uh, although it changed when i saw stick it out live what's, um, what's stick it out uh stick it out from counterparts oh yeah god fucking hell <laughs> this, this <laughs> probably is probably if any rush fans listen to this are probably thinking what do you mean um <laughs> 
Like I, I and I gave that a deep dive because that was one of the albums I avoided for some reason. And I, I love that's my favorite one just because from the album cover to all the stuff in between, it's a it's a weird one, but it's great. And I they think... didn't play anything for. Oh, no, they played Animate Me. Yes, Animate. so I was glad to hear Animate. that. Yes, and and I'm going to come on to that in a bit, but um, I think um, I, I'm 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 I know it was um, said quite often in Beyond the Lighter Stage, the the uh, documentary on Rush, that you know there's different er there's different eras of Rush. Some people are into certain things, some people are not. I think that's fine. Um, but... We've got 20 studio albums. There's so much you can dive into, and even if that gets old, you can move on. So. I thought it you was. Can, you can uh, never, I thought, you can I thought never, it was more than twenty, dude. Surely it's twenty. Yes, yeah, it's, tw it's twenty studio albums. If you count feedback, which is like a covers EP, it's twenty studio albums. I'm pretty sure it is. Really? All oh, right. I've got to. No, it's nineteen studio albums. Yeah. So but so, feedback, so that feedback that, that one doesn't count. count. That one doesn't count. <laughs> it does. It should count. Trying to inch one in on us there, mate. <laughs> I, I, it's a, it's, it's, they, they went to a studio and recorded it. <laughs> Doesn't make it a studio album, studio album though, dude. It's a studio EP. I don't know. I, I, I still think it should. Uh, it rounds it to a nice 20. I'll let you off. I'll let you off. Cool. <laughs> Let's get into this review because there's probably some people listening to this thinking, what the, where the fuck's a review, dude? Like, let me know what it's like. Um, what's your initial thoughts? It was great. Um, uh, it definitely felt like um, the whole setup was really interesting. Um, the fact it starts with their newer stuff and gradually goes back through their back catalogue. Uh, I thought that was a really great visual way to celebrate the passage of time with this band and how far they've come and still stuck to their guns of playing how they want to play and um make the music they wanted to make and still be the, one of the greatest bands of all time i'm glad you started with the passage of time thing because um I, I i'm not the most observant person but i i, I noticed halfway through actually it was the first time they started changing the amps behind them i realized that um and, and again spoilers if you haven't guessed already but it, um they start with the stuff from clockwork angels and they end with the self self-titled album rush so they go back in time i think it was a beautiful touch with the concert of the fact that they started stripping back the back line um so you started with the big amps and the the fancy schmancy stuff and then over time you, you the 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 stage hands come on and they change it back they strip it back to like marshall amps for for alex and ampeg amps for getty at some point and by the end of the show when they're playing the stuff from the first album that it's literally just a tiny little lamp with a microphone draped over it yeah on um, on chairs <laughs> yeah on chairs uh, but also, uh, and again, this is me being a drummer. For me, it was also for, for with Neil switching over to his classic kit from the modern kit because his classic kit has the toms around the front. Um, they have the bells for um, um, oh fu uh, fucking um, uh, oh Jesus, close to the heart. Uh, they ha he has the tubular bells behind him with the ding, 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 ding. Um, and I, th 
also there's a there is a funny uh story with 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 that particular kit which i might share in a bit but um okay it, it was it, it was interesting having that theme throughout the concert of every time they work back an era they strip back to what they had in that era um, and i think it was a wonderful joyous celebration of each of those eras that they play within the concert if you see what i mean I know Geddy got to show off his um, uh, bass collection a little bit with this time, rather than sticking to his uh, uh, jazz bass. And they, they brought really out tasty looking things. They brought out the double necks as well. Oh, yeah. I saw well, the double necks, and like, like I stood up in my seat and I was like, "Yes!" Like, <laughs> God, I bet oh, the necks were so sore cool. after that. Those things are heavy. Yeah, but I mean, if anyone's going to do it, it's Rush, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a, there's a photo that's iconic of them playing those instruments. Yeah, I think it's a good time to, as to mention as well. Um, so so um, obviously some of you may have seen uh, uh, the original Cin- Cinema Strangiato in ni- 2019. The director's cut set list, I think we should mention, is slightly different to that. Uh, and if you've been on the R40 tour as well, it's definitely different. So what we saw was. That the concert started with The Anarchist from Clockwork Angels, Headlong Flight, same album. Then it had One Little Victory, Animate, Roll the Bones, Between the Wheels, Losing It, Subdivisions, Tom Sawyer, um, Red Barchetta, uh, Spirit of Radio, Hemisphere's Prelude, Cygnus X1, The Story So Far, The Story So Far Drum Solo, which is Neil's uh, final recorded drum solo. Um... And then it went on to Closer to the Heart, Xanadu, 2112, Lakeside Park, which kind of seeks into Anthem, and then What You Were Doing, and then Working Man. So if you want to know the set list for the director's cut, that's where it is. Although, I'll add a correction, though. You missed Jacob's Ladder for the warm-up at the beginning oh, of the concert. Oh, yeah, yeah. So at the beginning of the concert, <laughs> they they show the, um, the uh, uh, sound check footage don't they when they're doing jacob's yeah. ladder i don't know if that was played on r40 i, I haven't really looked too much into no, it no no that was that was definitely an addition uh, okay uh so uh but um and also uh uh what was what was um the improv song in the credits from alex he improved oh. an alternative version of a song, but I can't uh, remember which one it was. You, you know what? By this point, I was—I admit I was a little bit drunk, and I'll tell you why in a bit. Um, okay. You were drinking. Well, but I was... Fuck off. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you why in a bit. Um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of forget that bit a little bit. Although although I do have a, a funny story. Actually, you know what? I might as well just fucking tell you now. Um, Go on. So, you know, in the middle of the film... So, um, to anyone listening, um, the the film is... It has these little breaks in the concert film where they do interviews with people, but also they have these little skits. Like, um, if anyone's seen Rush on Tour, on Clockwork Angels, so they have those little dwarves. Uh, and they're all, they're all playing the little dwarves. Uh, and also... Um, uh, on one they're kind of like the umpalumpers working in the factory. Yeah, for the for, for the watchmaker, right? Um, and and also uh, they on one little victory, the, all of the as, as it's been for many years on Rush tours, they have the dragon with all the flames. Um, but um, 
they announced the you know that bit where they announced the interlude so you're thinking oh i i get to go to the toilet and have a piss or have a smoke or have a drink or whatever but it carried on playing with those three little dwarves just like i think they were dancing about or something um and they're like, playing they're playing tom sawyer aren't they? yeah they're playing tom sawyer so um but but it was like it's a three minute it says it's a three minute interlude it was two and a half fucking minutes into that interlude i realized that that was the fucking interlude i was just sat there watching them going <laughs> this is funny and then it was like oh shit this is it this is actually the interlude so i had to run to the toilet because i was busting for a fucking piss and then, like, by the time I got back, I was halfway through cl- closest to the heart, and I was like, "No!" <laughs> oh, man. You always go. You always go before a concert. Always go before. No, I did go before, but I was drinking, and that you know, I'm just going to oh, fucking drink. tell the story now. Uh, that I was on the balcony at the Duke of York Theatre, and there was a guy to my right, and there was a guy on uh, on the road behind me. Um, and uh, the guy on the right, his name was Paul. He introduced himself. Before the film, we were talking about Rush, as you do. Um, and then halfway through the first act, if you will, he comes up and he goes, can I sit next to you? I was like, yeah, sure, dude. Go for it. Like I just went, fair warning, though. I am air drumming a lot. That's just going to, you're just going to have to deal with that. He's like, yeah, fuck it. Go for it. And the guy behind us, like, he said, oh, do you want to join us as well? This guy was like, no, nah, I want to sell my own. It's like, that's cool. Um, and uh, he's like, do you want a beer? I was like, yeah, go on then. Which explains why I was drinking so much. <laughs> um, Someone was buying. And I'm sat there just like through Tom Sawyer just going, like, you know, just going mental, like air drumming and... Uh, but uh, it, ex- yeah, it, ex- just... it, it explains why I drank so much because this guy just kept going. Do you want another beer? I was like, you sure do, because I'm fucking skin. And and you know, he's like, no, it's a rush. It's a rush gig. Go on, go on, go on. And I was like, all right. <laughs> no, I wanted to be boring and sober throughout the whole thing, but uh, but really? I, there's uh, yeah, I don't know. This like um, my favorite bits were like just hearing Getty's bass on Red Barchetta and stuff. Yes, for sure. Um, so so good on that song. And also for me, it was um, I love how with twenty one twelve, obviously they they play the first bit of twenty one twelve, but then they kind of made a medley of all of the heavy bits. Yeah, they've always done that for a while now. You see, they 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 haven't done that on tours that we've seen together though. Oh no, but uh, they, they yeah they they will they'll never play twenty one twelve and full like they used to i'd be interested to find out what was your favorite part of the film though um uh definitely um losing it because that's one of my like favorite songs by rush is uh it's such an emotionally moving song and the meaning behind it is like really profound especially from a creator's perspective and the fear of aging and not having that skill that you've honed and crafted for so long and it feels very personal and also because of the the also um talking to the violinist who i wish i could remember his name about him I, joining I, i've got his name here it <laughs> is oh no i don't uh, it's jonathan oh that's such a shame that's really shitty because he was part of the really orchestra good. for 
Clockwork Angels, yeah. Clockwork, so that was really cool. Although, come to think of it, I was really glad that Clockworks was our kind of last gig because it was the orchestra that played for them was amazing. I think that's the only time they've ever had musicians come play on stage with them. Yeah. Also, including this losing it. But yeah, losing it, that was my favorite song because I was gutted that I knew they were going to do that and then not see it in the UK was kind of more salt in the wound. Absolutely. It's Jonathan Dinklage by the way. Um, and, and I remember why I thought... He was really cool. The, 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 I remember thinking why I recognised the name because in one of the cutscenes... Um, I, th- I think we could talk about the cutscenes, actually. Um, in the cutscenes, you see the guys from Trailer Park Boys come up. Um, the guys uh, like... Um, um, uh, the guys who are in... Uh, uh, Paul Rudd and Jason Segel are in it as well, like they were in the, in the tour video. Um, uh, but also, I noticed that um, uh, Peter Dinklage from Game of Thrones was in there. Yeah. Uh, so that, that when, video when I, was when I heard Jonathan Dinklage, I was like, "Oh, they must be related," but they're not, <laughs> to my knowledge. No. Anyway, you know, that video was used on the uh, Cockroach Angels tour, I think. I don't remember. It. I, I remember seeing it in on one of the other tours, but I, I don't remember which one. Oh man, you got a better memory memory than I. Than I like the I fact do. that Paul Rudd and what's his face filmed it on like their Mac because they're yeah. using that mirror effect. Yeah, <laughs> so just went into a room, recorded it on one of their Mac computers. I, I I do think it's a good time to talk about how um I I love how um this concert film was interspersed with interviews with various people. So you had um. Uh, so you had Billy Corgan in there. Um, you had, um, oh, Jesus fucking Christ, well, Tom Morello. And I, I love the Tom Morello one because he talks about how he first met his wife. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Um, and he's, like, he's talking about, yeah, you know, I met her at this party and all this. And, you know, I'm talking about how I'm into Rush. And she goes, oh, I'm into Rush too. It's like, a girl likes Rush. And then it brings up that little counter in the corner that goes women who are into rush 49 <laughs> and I, I laughed out loud at that it was it was brilliant um but i think the interviews were were a, a lovely touch to the film um absolutely i think one thing that stood out for me was billy corgan's edition where i think it was towards the end of the film um i'd not to bring the toned down but um i think there's that bit where he says if this is the point that they have given so much as a band to the world if this is the point at which they decide to stop then fair enough because they have done more than enough i am paraphrasing that quote obviously but i think that was quite bittersweet knowing now that uh, i mean i i'm speculating but obviously we know that neil died of uh, of of is a brain tumor or brain cancer i believe Um, so yeah it's it's knowing that that interview could have been filmed before anyone knew and knowing what we know now billy corgan saying if they want to end it now then they're more than well you know it's their right to do so but i don't want to be distasteful but it's (laughs) i can feel myself tearing up that's really bad um yeah with it's hindsight. the fact that it's the fact in hindsight 
that's perhaps the reason why they had to and and that that fair enough i think any rush fan would would say absolutely fair oh yeah enough. yeah um but it was i remember watching watching him say that with the quote and it's like it's not just them giving up this is any i'm not going to bring this time down but um it's oh yeah no, no, you, no, you I'd, understand I'd, I'd what happily, i'm saying i'd happily miss a rush gig if it meant that he was you know in excruciating pain i'd, I'd much happier leave it with the clockwork angels in 2013 of course of so course. um yeah so it's perfectly understandable and you know they've got a great legacy so yeah of course i like i like what i'm gonna hash what billy corgan said about how prog bands are usually about intellectual ideas but rush is more about heart yes and i love that one because it is true they definitely have a there's no kind of feeling of superiority even though they're like amazing players they don't seem to have they they, they seem to be really humble they don't seem to have massive inflated egos even though they're constantly praised and, and their, their skill and their craft and, the, and their message is is the same though you look at the lyrics it's i, I think in i think in beyond the light stage i think it was billy corgan that said like you know they're for the everyman they're not they're not they're not punching down at people they're punching up you know you can relate to this stuff um yeah it's it's not that showy snooty I mean, you can put it in better words than I can, but it's not that showy snooty. Yes, where the dogs bollocks and where really complicated is. They, they are. You, everyone can relate to them. Um, I think let's take a break. Um, right, so, and we'll be back with you in a moment. Um, here's a message from I would say our sponsors, but we're sponsoring ourselves. <laughs> here's uh, here's a quick message Stop before we continue. This year, in November, both me and Eddie are going to be taking part in Movember. If you don't know, the Movember Foundation aims to reduce the number of men dying prematurely by 25%. Mental health and suicide prevention, prostate cancer and testicular cancer, they're taking them all on. If you don't know, since 2003, Movember has founded more than 1,250 men's health projects around the world, challenging the status quo, shaking up men's health research, and transforming the way health services reach and support men. This year, we're both going to do it together. You can check out our progress on our Instagram and our Twitter, but if you feel as though you can spare a few quid for us, you can visit our page at movember.com slash t slash the steel cauldron. That's movember.com slash t slash the steel cauldron. All proceeds will go to the Movember Foundation. We greatly appreciate your support. What do you like about mm -hmm. it and what didn't you like? Uh they definitely picked like really important songs from their back catalogue. Um I'm really glad they picked um The Anarchist and Headlong Head was it Headlong Flight? Uh, that uh, that's like that, a song about their career in a sense headlong so. flight is my favorite track next to actually the anarchist and the garden on clockwork angels um and, uh, 
I, I've got to say, when it opened up and you heard that, I was like, yes! <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> great, they're great energy builders. Yeah. Um, I'll say, yeah, a great start. And and a headlong flight as well for me is it's that bit in the in the in the middle where you hear Neil just fucking on that snare just like <laughs> I was like ah like I was like practically in tears it was like oh it's just awesome. Imagine you were the same when one little victory came up because I thought that was one of your favourites from oh totally Vapor. absolutely and you know I I still can't get that bass drum pattern down. With a digga 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 ding 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 he's like, oh, like I was, I was three I can't songs get anything in. I, down. I was in. It's <laughs> not what I've heard. Um, well. I, 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 uh, yeah, I, for the first few songs, I was going fucking mental. Um, and and the, at this point, this poor guy like wasn't sat next to me, so I just sat there going, yes. <laughs> uh, but they got anime in there, and then they did roll the bones, right? Yeah, 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 they're two of my favourites. Animates a great song. Um, just that whole vibe. And what they would... I, I, I love their 90s albums. They seem to, like, be changing it up, but sticking to their roots. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what other people think of the Rush 90s phase, but they're all good for me. I think it's like I'm a said, kinda... like, that everyone likes their own sort of different phases, right? Absolutely, yeah. I'm glad they didn't pick anything from test for echo because that's like my it's never a guilty pleasure but i, I do like that one mm. it's definitely like the the strange album but I, there's so much i love about it yeah and then we had uh between the wheels and losing it um I, i'll admit with i'll admit um the the these are part of the era that i don't know so much uh, i don't know what albums between the wheels and losing it are part of uh, Grace Under Pressure is Wheels. Okay, I, I do like that one because that was when Ged- Geddy was more keyboards and synths. So Alex had to change how he was playing to kind of balance with the with the keys mm. that Geddy was doing. And Alex does some great guitar work on that album. Mm. Like he, he, there's some really like underrated solos on that album that are great. And losing it was the one with uh, uh, the violinist uh, John- Jonathan Dinklage uh, as well. Oh yeah, it was great which, seeing that. Um, I love how they they preluded that with a little little um, almost like an interview with him. How he was on the Clockwork Angels tour as a violinist, and uh, he was talking about how he he got invited back to play this on the R Forty tour, and like he he was like. I, I, I'm paraphrasing. I don't know if he actually said it, but I think he was like, "Yeah, I don't really have the money to do it, but fuck it, I'm gonna go and do it. I'm gonna go and play with Rush. I'm gonna spend what I need to do. I'm gonna go there. There's no question about it, right? If Rush invites you to play with them on stage, you're gonna fucking do it. You're not. You're. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> you get you get it from somewhere. Yeah, he was. He um, was great. And I think that was a wonderful little interview as well. Um. He kind of told us a little bit more. Uh, certainly, what I got from it is they taught, told us a little bit more about the people who were playing on that on the Clockwork Angels tour. Um, and then we it's a poignant we, we, song to play. Yeah, for sure. Um, we then went into Subdivisions, Tom Sawyer, Red Barchetta, Spirit of Radio. Wonderful bit of the conf- concert for me. Um, Red Barchetta is the first ever Rush song I ever properly heard, like in some cans. You know what I mean. Um, 
So, yeah, I th- I th- I, again, I just kind of went a bit mental on that part. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mo- move, moving Pictures is their, I think, their perfect album in terms of start to finish. Like well, this the flow is, of it. Th- this, is, this celebrates 40 years since Moving Pictures, didn't it? September 9th, uh, when we saw the film. Um, so I think that was a lovely little touch. Um, I'm surprised, and I, th- I think it's worth mentioning, seeing as we're talking about um, moving pictures, I th- I, I'm surprised that this concert film did not include YYZ. Um, that's not to say I hate the fact that that's the case, but um, obviously every Rush gig, it's usually the encore, they play YYZ. I was thinking that was going to come up towards the end, but I guess thinking about it now, now that they're going from the newest stuff to the oldest stuff in like this theme, I guess it makes sense. But yeah, there's a little bit of me at the end. I was like, the the lights came up in the cinema. I was like, no, why, why, Zed? Yeah, and they're playing in Toronto, so yeah, I know. Uh, but but I, then again, I I think that might be part of the editing. They they probably did play it on the R forty two. I'll have to check. But, um, oh, I don't know. They probably well, didn't then. I, I know they did play it on the R40 tour. I just don't know whether or not they played it at that oh, show. Uh, I've got the set list for, and I think it was on there. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like they probably didn't include it in the film, but they probably did play it at the the gig, right? Mm. Um, yeah. uh, we got to see it though. We saw it on the Time Machine tour when they played the entirety of Moving Pictures. Oh, dude, I've seen it's it on... such a treat. I, I saw it at Snakes and Arrows, Time Machine, and Clockwork Angels, so I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, fucking... Yeah, but ha- I'm saying it. we saw it... <laughs> we saw it in the context of seeing Moving Pictures as a, as a whole. Oh, for sure. Oh, so yeah, cool. yeah, because they play Moving Pictures in, in its entirety. Um, yeah. We then had Cygnus X1, the story so far. Um, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to indulge a bit. I do want to talk about Neil Peart's drum solo. Uh, it's oh, no, no. It's, it's, like, it's one of the main events. The story so far um holy fucking shit um i think with neil's solos over the years certainly since russian rio it has certain themes that we're used to like when he switches to the electronic uh, marimba i think is what they call it uh, obviously we didn't have a twist of the drum kit when it goes to the other side because we didn't have electronics at the, on this tour um but again you know again not to get soppy but on, on a personal note being a drummer this guy is my hero to see his final ever recorded recorded drum solo um on screen like i was it was like half between like i was at the beginning of the show where i'm like yes and then partly it's like bit bittersweet but it was just to see the mastery of such an influential drummer um and seeing him play that final solo, it's like it's it's like the end of a chapter. But he was he was amazing it. though. Like he, it, it was it was still a flawless performance. There there are many amazing drummers for different reasons, but you know Neil Peart when you listen to him. That this is a guy. Holy fucking shit! This guy influenced so many generations of drummers. Like Taylor Hawkins talks about it in the in the in the thing. Um. Um. You, you, there, there, there will never be another guy like that again. And watching this solo made me feel like that thirteen-year-old boy who saw that for the first time on the Russian Rio DVD. Um, and I, you know what? I can't even put it into words. I'm sorry. I know that's disappointing. I can't put it into oh, no. words. But um, 
But I, I watched that and I thought, again, I, I felt like that 13-year-old kid again. Um, and it is, an, and not to be grandiose, but it is an honor to have seen that in the cinema on that day as a one-time only thing. Um, yeah, yeah. sorry, I'm getting a bit of motion mm. on this, but it's... it's, 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 it's yeah, it's, it, it definitely has a different feel to then just watching it on a DVD or a, a YouTube video. Yeah. I think, yeah, it was yeah. definitely great. It's just this, it's, even me, who's not, it's not a drummer, you, you can't help but not admire you can, you can what appreciate, you can do. You can appreciate the, again, I use the word mastery. You can appreciate the mastery of what he's doing, even if you're not a drummer. You can, you can... He 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 always composed his drum solos rather like a composer would compose a piece of music. If you see what I'm saying, so you had Mozart would compose an opera. He would compose his drum solos like a, a big piece of music with different themes, with different movements, with things like that. Um, you, I guess, what I'm trying to say is, you you know a Neil Peart solo when you hear hear it or when you watch it regardless of whether or not you understand drums and i think that was yeah. i think that 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 is saying that is true in all of russia's music you know you're listening to neil peer and and to as a drummer to to be that recognized to have that stamp that that personal stamp on that is a very difficult thing to do um but he was one of the original guys man um and fuck it's neil fucking peer dude um yeah no I'd, one I'd, will ever I'd, do that again i did like the alternative of what they did because usually he'd play uh, like a brass band with the pads yes and this time he was playing rush yes so you could hear you could hear them being yeah and it was a great way to bring them back on stage that was such a great like transition yes uh, yeah they, like, trans so they, transi cool. they transitioned into the rest of the piece very well as well um yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna stop being being sloppy now oh, yeah. <laughs> but, no, um, yeah. but this this is the part in which the the three little dwarves from the clockwork angels tour videos came in and again like i was like holy shit this is actually the interlude i need to run to the loo but i came in halfway through through closer to the heart so i missed the beginning yeah I, they're close to the heart's like one of their biggest their first big hits wasn't it yeah yeah for the radio yeah, yeah. and apart from um, the first album certainly Oh uh, yeah, well it, it 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 did the numbers. It got yeah. lots of radio play, so it got a lot of attention. It's it's a great song. They, they had to have played that. I I need to ask you this because obviously the next track is Xanadu. Um, did did anybody in your cinema stand up and just go Xanadu? No one stood. No one stood up, but there was a there was like a choir of you Xanadu. You can't not stand up and scream that fucking line, man, though. Like... Wait, you're in a theatre. We're in a <laughs> little poxy cinema. Doesn't fucking matter. It's fucking Xanadu, man. Like, you stand up and you go, Xanadu. You've got to do that. Come on. No, I was polite. I was sat down doing oh, it. Oh, <laughs> man. 2112 is the next one. Like I said earlier, I loved how it was a bit of a medley of all the 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 heavier bits of of twenty one twelve, um, and like I said, by the end was like attention all planets of the solar federation. I'm just there going, Fah! 
I like go fucking mental. Yeah, I, I was like slapping my slapping my thighs. I that. nearly hit the fucking guy who was like Paul who was sat next to me. <laughs> I was like, sorry, mate. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Why'd you bring <laughs> your sticks with you or something? No, I wish I fucking did actually. I tell you what, I was slapping my thighs so hard throughout this kit throughout this. This, this, oh no! You uh, shouldn't have brought sticks. No, then. no, no! I, I, I had bruises on my knees next day. Like I, oh man, um, that was so joyous. It was so fucking joyous. Um, yeah. Especially, uh, and we had the thing as again. I know your cinema were a bunch of fucking wusses, but we with our cinema, it was like as soon as it was like, and the meek shall inherit the. Everyone was like, and the meek shall inherit the earth. Oh man, like everyone was jumping by the end. <laughs> it was so. Oh, yeah. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm yeah. getting a bit ahead of myself, perhaps, but um, um, the, the final three songs. That's that's back to the re like the first album, yeah. like Lakeside Park anthem, what you are doing, and then Working Man, um, which was interesting to me because um, work obviously that's the album Neil didn't play on, and um, it was interesting. But seeing- eventually played it for a long time. But yeah, no, of course. But it was interesting because I'd never seen his interpretation of playing that. Um, but Working Man as a finisher, fucking great, absolutely fucking great. They they, they, they did finish it on Clockwork, didn't they? They did like a reggae version of it. Mm, I don't recall. I can I can that. remember them doing like a reggae. I remember there being like a reggae version of Working Man at the end. Oh, it was part of one of the cutscenes. One of the cutscenes. Was it? Sure, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was one of the cutscenes. Uh, because... I remember seeing. I remember seeing the Jamaican flag lights on the stage. So I was probably too busy fucking air drumming. If I'm honest, <laughs> but um, I, I do like how before the stuff from the first album, they had uh, Eugene Levy come out, and it was like you know, in 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 Beyond the Light stage, they talk about how you know they played a lot of what they call Sadie Hawkins dances, like proms and stuff, and then you have Eugene Levy on the, in the white like John Travolta Saturday night suit with the long hair. It's like, so we got a bunch of great guys coming up here. Their name is Rush, and it's that it's that proper sixties like. Yeah, some cynical. Some, yeah, some square. No, some square guy who doesn't know who the fuck this band is. Just going. Well, we got a big bunch of young men here called Rush, Getty, and Neil and Alex, and they're gonna play some songs for us, ladies and gentlemen. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but uh, but I was there. I was like, that's Eugene fucking Levy. <laughs> um, but it was in keeping with this, you know. The, the, Emily the, Emily thought it was Getty Lee. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I'm glad they picked stuff from like Caressa Steel because that's one of the albums I always kind of overlook. Yeah, that, one, that was an album that didn't didn't hit as hard as they wanted it to. Mm. And I think, it, and then it's still a great album. And by 2112, they they obviously the record company was putting pressure on and saying you need to come up with a big one, right? And at 2112, uh, as they say in the document in in Beyond, Beyond the Lion Stage, it's like. Instead of caving in, they just said, "Look, we're going to do this our way," and they did it, and it paid off. Um, oh and, yeah, it's I mean, like that, the most influential prog album of all time. That's that that's Rush, right? Um, I mean, I've already given my review. Um, 
10 out of 10 peas in a pod. This is hands down probably one of the best cinema experiences I've had in recent years. Um, it was Were there emotion- any songs that you wish they played, though? That's a good question, because... I mean, like, like I said, when I when I got into Russia, it was, uh, you know, I was seventeen. It was snakes. No, yeah, I was seventeen. It was snakes and arrows, two thousand and seven. I would have loved to have at least heard maybe Far Cry. Um, also, yeah, actually, actually, uh, you know what? I I didn't realize this before. There were there were no instrumentals on this. I mean, there were there was there was oh true yeah there was there was a little bit with Alex and there was Neil's solo, but there's always a, an instrumental on a rush gig right um now, now that i think about it that wasn't in there but so i'm thinking main monkey business or malignant narcissism right because that's that's the album i got into first and foremost um well, my favorite there, there's, there, there, where's there, my thing yeah uh or la via strangiato could be in, in keeping with the theme but this probably some 50-odd year old guy listens to this thinking, oh my god, you only got into this on Snakes. But, you know, everyone gets into it at their own time. But you never I, I, I guess I guess I guess I would have at least loved to have heard Far Cry. Um but that's that's personal to me, you know. What about you though? Like what would you have liked to have heard? Oh, let me have a look. <laughs> Just to refresh my memory. <laughs> I mean you've got you've got 19 albums to choose from. 19 Ed, not 20, 19. Um, <laughs> well, uh, they played Grand Designs on the on the, the um, Clockwork Angels tour, which was one of my favorites. I'm really glad they did it on mm. that. Um, maybe something like Half the World. I really like that one. That's from um, Tess for Echo. Mm. And that's kind of a really fun kind of song. It's always been interesting to me how you you are more into the maybe late eighties nineties stuff, and I'm more into the nineties either their seventies to eighties stuff, but also their later stuff. Those are my favorite eras, but yours is more the nineties stuff, which has always been interesting to me. But it's also a good thing because, like I said, I I never really liked Roll the Bones until you pointed it out and told me why you like it, and then I started to appreciate it. Yeah, it's just good. I definitely they, they adapted to the times really well, mm. and it works. Like even their eighty stuff with the the police influences and stuff like that. Mm. I think they did some really cool stuff. Yeah, it may not be for everyone, but it's I, I love it. Yeah. Here's a big question though, Ed. How many peas in a pod? Oh, um, uh, I definitely give it. It's got to be a 10. It's got to be a 10. It's fucking rush, man. It's got to be a 10. If okay, it's not a okay. 10, I'll I'm... give it a 10. I'll, I'll, I will get a train to Sheffield and slap I was going to do I was, I was, I was, um, I was give it a high nine, but I'll give it a 10. It's a fucking 10. <laughs> Come on. My only nitpick with me in the Sheffield screen in particular, and it reminds me why there are a certain demographic of prog musicians, prog, prog musicians, prog fans. And they're the ones who just love the sound of their own voice. Because yeah. mm, in yeah. the very right corner, the Sheffield one, um, if, they, if they're listening, shame on you. Because they gave, they just talked throughout the whole thing. You've got to be fucking kidding me, really? Yeah, they talked for the whole thing. But the, it was loud enough to just be like a murmur on the, in the 
in the corner. It's just that little, and it's like a bug flying past you. Really. So I knew it's they just, were talking. I couldn't a, hear yeah. what they were saying, but they just went, talked for the whole thing. Fuck like they were there, like they're on their sofa watching a DVD. And uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't fucking stand people like that, man. I really can't. I'm sorry to get to get negative here, but yeah, fuck oh, yeah. those guys. And um, I was, I was gonna talk to them. Ben was paranoid that I get beaten up, so I kind of like said thanks for the commentary, and then they went. Ugh. <laughs> but 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 we but we're we're, we're not racing. But that's people. nothing to we're, the rush. I was gonna say we're not racing people at the cinema. We're racing the actual. Oh yeah, no no no. Itself. But it was still loud, so I could I could enjoy the music, and also it was a bit like being at a concert because there's always that knobhead that talks about the whole kick. Yeah, well there is that as well. Um, so yeah, it was it was. So, so we, that, we, we, both, we both agreed that it's 10 peas in a pod. Oh, absolutely. I, I would not have missed it. And I'd have regretted it if I yeah, had. Yeah, exactly. Highly. I think it's worth saying as well, um, it was announced yesterday. So um, obviously we saw the Rush Cinema Strangiato Director's Cuts, which was in 2021. It was only available on one date. And we're all pleased to say that as of October the 1st to the 10th, Cinema Strangiato Director's Cut is going to be available as a pay-to-release uh, release, so you'll be able to find that online. Pay your money to these guys, see it. Um, we both highly recommend it. Um, you'll be able to find out more information at rush.com. Um, you know, it's well worth the money. Find it, watch it, enjoy it in the comfort of your own home, uh, and just fucking rock out, man. Um, we cannot highly we cannot recommend this highly enough. Um, mm. Thank you so much for tuning in to this re- review of Cinema Strangiato. You can find us on Twitter at LPs in a pod. That's L P S I N A pod. No, wait, hang on a minute. I fucked that one up, didn't I? L P S I N A podcast. L P S in a podcast. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at the same handle. Again, that is LPs in a podcast. That's L-P-S-I-N-A-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. I think I got that right, didn't I? Don't ask me, I'm dyslexic. It's, it's nearly 10 o'clock, man. Come on. Yeah. Um, also, uh, also <laughs> quickly, can I plug my uh, Spotify playlist? Because I have a favourites of Rush. Uh, Oh, have you got a follow-up pick playlist? Because we keep forgetting to. Uh, not follow. The, it's, just, uh... it's just it's one I've made years ago. How long? How old is it? It's from like 2017. To be fair, but... you you've you've maybe plenty of pet playlists, and they've always been good. So yeah, fire away. It's it's all rush. It can't go wrong. Well, go on then. Okay. <laughs> I'm surprised you went gutted that the, your favorite song. I think I'm going bold wasn't on the track list oh go fuck yourself (laughs) if you're listening to this uh not on youtube yes i am a bold man okay like it sings your very soul it's beautiful maybe maybe when i was 27 (laughs) and i haven't accepted it yet like oh getty's anger is so relatable on that track well, I mean, Neil wrote it, and you know, oh, yeah. kind of did go and, bold, really. So, and Getty does look fantastic. It, it's it, it's it sings to my heart. It sings to my heart. Nobody likes losing their hair. Anyway, go and fucking plug your fucking playlist. Go on. Oh yeah, it's going to be linked in below. 
wherever we're gonna link things okay so but in the description on youtube and in the description on wherever you get your podcasts enjoy enjoy that's us you've been listening to lps in a podcast my name's val my name's eddie bye